You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Josh Swallows, Broadway! Welcome back to Josh Swallows Broadway. I am so happy to be here. I'm here with somebody that I am a genuine fan, fan girl, fan child of. Um, this person literally has the voice of an angel, the acting chops of a god, and the heart of a fucking unicorn. I'm sorry that I said the F word, Dad. I know I'm going to get a text about it. But you know what? It's my show and not yours. So who's the failure now? Um, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, Andrew Barth Feldman! What an introduction. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. Oh my gosh. Dude, I'm obsessed with you. From the first time that I met you, I was like, you are the nicest person in the world. Um, and then I got to know your talent more. And... Um, what you have is so special and so unique, and beyond all that, you're just a nice, nice guy. And it's like, all very kind of you to say. No, you're Rob McClure Jr. That's all I want to be in this world. Thank Stop you very it. much. Stop it. Is that why you chose um, I Love Betsy for the Jimmy Awards? You know, I, I didn't want to do... So I had a voice teacher, James Donegan. He's fantastic. And uh, he was like, you have to bring I Love Betsy. And you could bring two songs to the Jimmys and they pick. So I brought that and naturally I brought Larger Than Life from my favorite year. Because of course, I'm a young yeah. white man. And so I brought... And also, screw songs. you, dad. He was <laughs> bigger and better. And larger than I really got into it. I dug in. I I I really uh, gave it everything. And then Adam Cantor, who was my coach at the Jimmys, which I will always be forever thankful for, he was like, "You have to do I Love Betsy." And and it was rare that day that normally he was like, "What are you feeling? What do you want to do?" He's like, "No, you have to do I Love Betsy." And um, I thought if I had any shot of winning, which I didn't think I did anyway, but I was like, if I have any shot of winning, it's with a ballad. So, so Adam is, should I bring another song? Like, is there a, be a better song I could do? Maybe I have like a bunch of songs I could do. And he was like, you have to do I Love Betsy. I insist that you do I Love Betsy. Um, but I did see Rob in Honeymoon in Vegas and Chaplin and like everything he's ever done. And I'm just so in love with him. He's like, he and I, I'm so thankful that he's, you know, we're friends now. He's just the best. 
I can guarantee you you're the little brother he always wished he had because <laughs> he's the youngest of a bunch of of a bunch of ladies. Oh, yeah. Um I met Rob years ago. We were doing possibly the worst production of Grease at a regional <laughs> theater that doesn't exist anymore in South Jersey called the Lenape. And um that's where he met his wife, who I was doing shows oh, with in yes. Philly for a long time. And um, she was in a really terrible relationship, like leaving a relationship. And they met and just fell in love. And I was like, who is this guy? Who is this nice, friendly, amazing person that just loves working and loves people? And then, like, you come along and it's just like Rob when when oh, we were your age. That's extraordinarily kind. That's very, very, very kind of you. I That means the world. I will keep that compliment forever and ever well what got you into performing i i've i've really been pinned it down to a lot of things because they always ask and it was kind of the big story it was like how did this happen where did you come from when all the dear Van stuff was happening so i pinned it down to a couple things i went to disney world for the first time when i was six months old because uh, my family would go every year and they promised my older sister that nothing would change when i was born so i went to disney world for the first time when i was six months old began my love for that. I was three years old and I saw Beauty and the Beast on Broadway. Hell yeah, you did. Hell yes, I did. That was my first show. I got to go backstage because my friend's <gasps> cousin was Chip. No. And, um, I lost my mom. I free like actually was terrified because like we went into like the castle set and we had to leave the tour because I freaked <gasps> out so much. I did, was so scared. Was it Nick Jonas? Because Nick oh, Jonas I, It was not Nick Jonas <laughs> as Chip. Um, but I don't I don't know who it was. Um but uh, I don't remember. I'm not even really friends with this person anymore. But um, it was like a childhood friend. But um, I saw the show and on a subconscious level, obviously not in so many words. I was three years old. I just kind of understood it as this is another way to get there. This, yeah. this is this is another way to get into that world of just escape and immersion and, and storytelling. And then a year later, I was four years old and High School Musical came out. And I was like, okay. I can do this and be cool. And like, I can like do this and like, it's a thing we can just go and do theoretically when I'm in high school. And then I found out you could do it when you're eight years old. And so I was eight years old and I was in the worst production of Annie that has ever been staged ever. What were you? I was Mr. Bundles. Oh, I bet you were the cutest Mr. Bundles. I was the girl playing Miss Hannigan, I believe was 14. And (laughs) (laughs) I was like up to her knee and I was like, come on. Why won't you go out with me? And it was truly, really, really awful. Uh, but I, I caught the bug. I mean, the bug was already in my system. I just hadn't. Is been there able to get video out. footage of you as Mr. Bundles? There has to be. Not. I mean, like maybe on some camcorders in some garage in my house or something. I don't know. Well, but, what um, are you up to right now? Go and find <laughs> it. I, there's so much stuff around. There's so many home videos. I am the youngest in my family. There is so much to sift through to find that. I would love to find that. Now you're the youngest. How many? How many others are there? So I have a sister, and then I have two cousins who we we were raised together. So really, I have three siblings uh, and two. So one sister and two brothers. Wow. Yeah. Are any of them in theater? Uh, my sister did theater in high school. My brother is an incredible musician. Uh, and my other brother uh, loves music and stuff, but he's he was never really a musician. But um, 
yeah, my, my brother Matt uh, is an incredible musician and my sister did theater in high school, but it never really, she didn't stick with it. Um, yeah. But yeah. Wow. Um, so before, with the Jimmy Awards, were you intending on becoming a performer professionally? Yeah, the answer is yes. I, my mom, we refer to my mom as the anti-stage mom because she so desperately did not want me to do this. And it wasn't because like she thought it was, you know, like glamorous or what. She just thought it was an insecure profession. And she is correct in that notion. She she was absolutely right in saying that like, this is a terrible and reckless idea. And I was like, I know. And I think around middle school, I started to lose confidence in myself. And, and, and I started like picking up like, computer programming. Um, and then what kind of happened at the same time is that I was cast as, uh, <laughs> I was cast as Galileo in a production of We Will Rock You. And, um, uh, which is like the leather jacket B flat singing yeah. guy. And I'd never been cast as that kind of role. And it was, I was introduced to this new group of people who were like, Oh, you're really good at this. And I, that had never happened to me before. And then I, went to computer programming camp and hated every second of it. And I was like, there's nothing else I can do. I can't do anything else but this. So I, this is that, that that's what happened is, is uh yeah, there was no, there was no world where I ever did anything else. Wow. Yeah. Same. I mean, I was terrible at everything. I didn't have <laughs> computer programming. Like when I didn't fit in, in middle school, I was like, let me try cigarettes. Like, why don't you try a <laughs> hobby? No, cigarettes are good. Um, so that's amazing. Now the Jimmy awards are yeah. like, can you explain to me what the Jimmy awards are? When, when I was in high school, we had something called CETA, which was Southern California educational theater association where okay. all of our high school plays would get judged and the three lucky like plays the would yeah. perform. The difference is nobody gave a shit about CETA, <laughs> but the Jimmy Awards, people are a lot like, of people oh, a shit the Jimmy Awards. Yeah, I don't really know what it is that people give such a shit about. I think it's the medleys. I think it's, well, I'll get into what it is, and then I'll talk about the genius medleys. But um, we, so the Jimmy Awards are basically the National High School Musical Theater Awards. Um, it starts by, you have adjudicators come to your school. Like, you, you, your teacher gets, as long as it's someone with a theater degree, to come to your school and score the um, eligible roles, the people playing the eligible roles in the show that you're doing, which are like, we, we were doing Catch Me If You Can, so I think it was me, I was Frank Jr., the person playing Hanratty, and the person playing Brenda, and I think that was it. Um, but um, yeah, they come and score you, and then you go to your regional awards, which in New York is the Roger Reese Awards, uh, but there's one, in, there's over more than one in most states. Um, and then uh, the two winners, the male and female winner of that, um, of those regional awards go to the Jimmy Awards. So there are like 50 kids in the Roger Reese, that's narrowed down to two, and then they'll go, they go to the Jimmy Awards, which is like 80, now closer to 90 I, or something kids. Um, I think the reason why it's so, why people care about it so much is the medley. So Michael Moritz is the music director, and he makes these medleys of the, the songs from the, the show that you did at your high school, and he weaves them together into a medley that, so that like Sweeney Todd is tap dancing behind Snoopy, um, or like, you know, Hyde from Jekyll and Hyde, like sings the confrontation and it leads into like, it takes two from into the, you know, like, oh, it's fun. that sounds like shrooming. That, it's that sounds great. It's so much fun to watch. And it was so much fun to be a part of. I think my medley was, let me, let me think. So it was Eddie from Dogfight into, um, 
Pippin into me as Frank Jr. And then there was like the Grasshopper from James and the Giant Peach. There were two Quasimodos. There were like, it's so much fun to watch. It is delightful. And the orchestrations are unbelievable. To, I like, I, it was my first time singing that song with a full orchestra. Oh my, my school God. was just piano and drums. Uh, uh, Cause that's, you know, how high school is. But here I'm singing with That's a how off Broadway is too. So in <laughs> yeah. a way that was good training. It was great training to 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 work with that. But um yeah, no, to sing it with a full orchestra, to sing goodbye with a full orchestra was crazy, completely absurd. Um on a Broadway stage. Like that was I blacked out. I lost circulation in my hands. I don't remember it at all. Were it were was, you uh, able to be in a Broadway dressing room? Yeah, we were in like, so it was at the Lion King Theater. So I think we were in like the male ensemble dressing room and the girls were in the female ensemble dressing room. Uh, I would have been like, bitch, put me in Zimba's room. Where's (laughs) Zimba's room, bitch? (laughs) Um, There were lots of, uh, Natalie Walker, if you haven't read this article, you absolutely should. It's this, she did this article. She was there the whole week um, that we were there at the Jimmy's and reported and and did a very accurate, hilarious, uh, beautiful story. And she talked about how there were all these uh, icons of like queer culture around the room and like posters of Beyonce and stuff around our like male ensemble Lion King dressing room, which was the exactly perfect way to set the tone, considering we were weirdly mostly straight guys. Like uh, most of us were straight, which was just a weird thing. The cast of Lion King was like, prove it. Prove you don't (laughs) like Beyonce. Prove it, you homo. Prove it. (laughs) My roommates, my roommates were actually all gay, which was, I had a really awesome, like they were the coolest guys. We're fine. They were the kind that like, they they told me how to dress every day, which was awesome. I totally needed that. It was the best. Did they pick out the red shirt, black tie? They didn't. That was my mom. And she later said, we w- I would have given you something better if I knew you were going to win. Uh, which is very funny. That's <laughs> um, hilarious. They That's picked out, no, I didn't know what to wear because we saw Dear Evan Hansen that week, funnily enough, um, and I had no idea what how to dress myself for, for that occasion. Now, what was it like when you saw Dear Evan Hansen? Well, that so that was my third time seeing it, uh, and it hit me harder than it ever had before because it, it was so... The, the first time I saw it, I mean, I, I couldn't even speak afterward i got in the car and my family was like how was it and i was like i don't want to talk about it and they made fun of me for it forever but like Aww. i really couldn't like it just expressed something to me about myself that i had never considered or faced before and before i saw it there were people telling me it, I, i'll never forget mark timinelli who runs broadway workshop who is a very very good friend of mine i i waving through a window came out and i said to mark um i i want this show to flop so that i can sing the song in every audition forever and he said, no, you want the show to succeed so you can be in it. Um, and so people were always sort of telling me that I was right for this role. And when I saw it, I was just so thunderstruck by what Ben was doing, the story, what it what it was saying that had never been said before, at least not to me, um, and certainly not really on stage in a musical. So um, it was it changed my life completely, entirely. Would you fantasize about being Evan Hansen? Like when I was a kid... Absolutely. Like my, I lived in an area with no other kids. There was no sidewalks to ride a bike. There was nothing. And I would just sit in my room and sort of listen to musicals and be in yeah. them at the same time. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Is yeah, that yeah. the kind of kid that you were too? A billion percent. I, I was, I, there were so many videos of me, you know, I was lucky enough to like have so many theater kids around me all the time. Those were sort of the people that I connected with. And, 
So I, there are so many videos of me at different stages of my life singing, waving through a window, you know, for like my friends. Cause we would just be like, you know, showing off or whatever. And I would be doing it poorly cause I was, you know, 14 or whatever, but it, it yeah, absolutely. That, that was it. That was the end all be all of, yeah. of dream roles for me. Um, your performance in that was so profound. Um, Thank you. I've seen the show multiple times. I've been lucky enough to have friends be lucky enough to be a part of the show from day one. And I will admit, you know, I had a lot of loss in my life via mm-hmm. suicide. And the first time I saw it, I was greatly offended by it. Mm. And then... I went back and saw it again and it had, it was like an onion. Like I had a new, I I had a new sense of um, how special it really is. And when I saw you, it really just settled in with how beautiful the show is and what it's about and Thank what you. it means. And um, your performance was absolutely extraordinary thank you Um, so very much that really means the world you're so very welcome um so with the jimmy awards you won which is amazing unbelievable yeah and then what happened literally it was i mean frankly it was minutes before i i because tara rubin the casting director of dear van hansen who was, I love, one of the sweetest people in the, in the world best ever, and she was a judge. Um, the legend that Stacy tells, and I have no reason to believe that this isn't true. Stacy Mindich, the producer of Dear Evan Hansen, is that at intermission, after she heard me sing goodbye in my medley, she texted Tara, "We need to get this kid in the room." Um, and um, Tara came up to me at the after party and said, "We should have a meeting soon about what your future looks like." Um, and before that meeting, I had gotten an email to audition for the um, the male swing in Dear Evan Hansen. And this was, day- this was days after the Jimmys. Um, and this would be my literally my first audition for a Broadway show. And, what grade um, were you in? I was at, I w- it was the summer after my sophomore year. Wow. Yeah, in high school. And, and so um, I, then I've had this meeting with Tara and I was like, Hey, we're talking about college. We're talking about next steps. This is all amazing. What do I, what is this? What do I do? Like, and she's like, you're going to be great. Don't worry about it. Um, I go, there is a work session in the afternoon. And then in the evening I have this audition. Um, and it's Michael Greif, Tara Rubin, Alex Lackamore, Benj Pasek, Justin Paul, Stephen Levins, and Stacey Mindich. Everyone. No pressure. Everyone is there. And a lot of other Jimmy's kids had, had like past Jimmy's kids who I'd sort of gotten to talking to had had sort of this, a similar situation where right after the Jimmy's they'd been asked to come in and they were like, this is like equivalent to my 10th callback. What you're going in to do is what I did after nine auditions. Um, and so I go and I do the Evan material. I do, I think like two or three songs and three or four scenes. And Michael says, um, Andrew, uh, I want you to move on to the Jared stuff, but I want you to know that we are really going to cherish the Evan material that you just performed for us. And I was like, what is happening? I did one Jared scene. I left the room. Tara Rubin took a picture of me because she said I would want to remember this day. And I think it was two or three days later that that I found out I was cast. Wow. Do you remember where you were? 
I, I do indeed. I was in rehearsal at Broadway Workshop also. I always talk about Broadway Workshop because there's no way to talk about any of the story without talking about Mark Tuminelli and Broadway Workshop. If you're a kid, go to Broadway Workshop in the city. It's incredible. Um, I was in rehearsal for Wind in the Willows, the musical. I was playing Mr. Toad. I was doing this voice the entire week. Which um, I think would have been a good choice for Evan, if I'm going to be totally honest. <laughs> it, it, it's not... Uh, it's, it, I was doing it in the reading and I had the audition the next day and Mark pulled me aside and you're like, stop, what do you have to audition for Dear Evan Hansen tomorrow and you're going to destroy your voice today. Um, but I was in rehearsal and my mom got the call and she didn't want to tell me so that I didn't have to like keep it secret in rehearsal. So I get in the car after and she has a legal pad with a list of everything that I need to know. You're placing Taylor Trench on January 30th. This is what your dressing room is like, blah, 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 blah. And every single thing just like, hit me individually and blew my mind. Um, it was crazy. Yeah. I mean, who was the first person that you called? Nobody. Yeah, I, we signed an, I had to sign an NDA. I couldn't tell anyone for months. Don't you hate that? Yes. <laughs> it was they're awful. like, you can't tell anyone or you'll die. That's what it was. And I had no reason to believe otherwise. We didn't, we really, I didn't tell anyone. Like it was, we told my family like my immediate family. And that was it. We, I couldn't tell any friends. I couldn't tell anyone. It was wow. completely insane. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And your family was really supportive the, about this, yeah? Yes. It was, you know, after the Jimmy's, I think my mom was like, okay, I can't stop you now at this point. You know, uh, like she was kind of, that was when she was kind of like, I always thought you were good, but I've been watching you since you were little. Of course I think you're good. I didn't know you were really actually good at this. So that was kind of the realization that everyone, myself included, I think, had that that people think that I'm good at this. Um, so yeah, they were they were really, really, really excited and, and supported. Was it terrifying being that age and just sort of being like, now I'm going to star on a Broadway show? Every single day. Every single day before, every single day I stepped on the stage, it's still terrifying to think about. Yes, entirely. Well, for all those listening at home, I still get terrified every time I have to do anything, even this. <laughs> um, that is very powerful. Who at the theater helped you along? Everyone. I mean, I have to speak to Liz Kaplan, first of all, who's the vocal consultant on Dear Evan Hansen, who I would be dead in the water if I hadn't had her. And I only called out two times from vocal fatigue, which nobody wow. ever thought was possible. Really? 
I yeah, listened well, to the score and I called out from vocal <laughs> fatigue and I have nothing to call out from. My well, but, old but, stage managers are like, Josh, you're unemployed. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm out. I'm out. You can't say anything about it. It was, it was, nobody thought that was going to happen. Um, but it was, a lot of it was because everyone was so in tune with everything I needed. At the beginning of my run, some of the keys were lowered, like four forever. And, and if I could tell her were a half step lower, I was only doing a five show week because I was in school. And also just because they wanted me to build up my stamina. Um, I started doing a six show week, probably whenever school, so probably in May or June. And uh, they wanted me to go back to five shows when I was starting school again. I was like, let me try. Let Please let me try to do six week. It's re- six show week. It's really working for me. Six shows is the Evan uh, standard, by the way. Uh, and so I was like, please, please let me try. So I was doing six shows a week. I only called out, tw- I had a couple like sinus infections and stuff here and there. But um, yeah, from just from vocal fatigue, it was two times. Because I called out my first week and I was like, I'm never doing this ever again. This is the worst feeling in the whole world uh, to have like, to feel like I've let people down. So I just was a monk for a year. I, I, my diet was crazy. Um, I didn't ever really see my friends. It was worth it it was all entirely worth it but it was hard it was really really hard yeah what about the phantom like that immediate kind of phantom yeah i mean there were there are a lot of camps to the fandom there's the camps of if they're not ben platt we don't want them and that's fine you know ben it was no that is not fine i'm going to say for you ew (laughs) i've always said you know the only thing you do for yourself with that is you deny yourself enjoyment of the show and you deny yourself of really connecting with the story uh in all of its forms so so you know that's on them it's it's uh, it's all right of course it made me so 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 insecure and of course i felt like the weight of that on my shoulders every day of like this is the idea you know i what ben did is the idea and i'm not ben i have a lot of things similarities to ben in so many ways but i'm not ben My, my evan is not ben's evan um but um but then on the other hand you know they really really did embrace me and it's, it's weird to think about now my relationship with the fandom then because they were all so wonderful and, and vulnerable and, and, and so caring. But now we're kind of at this place with them where we have this very specific group of people who, with me and Alex, who, you know, we left the show together. He's Oh, Alex Boniello? Um, Alex Boniello, right? yeah, who played yeah. Connor. You did, you did, you did. Um, he, he is so we, good. I know. saw him in Spring Awakening, and then, like, at a oh crosswalk, and I was like, hi, I love you. He was like, thanks. And I was like, I'm not He scary. loved me, too. Well, that's sweet. He, but, no, um, he, he, that's how he is in the world. Don't worry. Um, he, he and I, it's interesting now that they know us as us, as opposed to as Evan and Connor. You know, it's it's been this very weird journey with them. But, but then, uh, I think a, a staple of Dear Evan Hansen is, of course, you know, what we talk about, the, the suicide aspect of it and, and, you know, the emotional weight of it and, and teenagers, you know, need that and, and will sometimes write to us with really vulnerable, scary messages. And I'll say Jeff Johnson, who is my dresser, who I will always, he made it, he made it all okay. He made everything always okay. He would, you know, sort of shield me from the, the stuff that I wasn't ready to deal with, um, with like letters and things like that. And he is like, a he is like a father to me. He is the best person in the entire universe. Wow. Yeah. Um, I have to say like, it's really inspiring knowing you in the sense that I'm a big believer in making your own work and beyond making your own work, making your own happiness. Mm. And 
when I've seen what you've done with Broadway uh, Jackbox and Broadway Who Done It, especially, thank you. It's remarkable. How did how did all this come about? <sighs> all by accident, you know. With with Jackbox, it was literally like one of the first days of the pandemic. I think I had been in the city that day because it was literally like the day I had a rehearsal for a reading that we thought was going to happen. Like it was like one of the first days that Broadway was shut down. And I was like, screw this. I hate every second of this. I want to play Jackbox with fun Broadway friends. I texted everyone I knew. And I was like, hey, come play Jackbox. And like five people answered. Um, And so we just did this one thing. I was like, yeah, we'll do this more. We'll do this more every now and then. Uh, The next morning I wake up to like 30 texts from Alex being like, here's what we're going to do. We're going to do this twice a week. We're going to raise money for the Actors Fund. We're going to have Broadway guests on this and that I'll help with the Broadway guests. You deal with the Jackbox stuff. We're going to do this together. I was like, yeah. Okay. Sounds great. And then it became this massive, massive thing. Uh, so much bigger than us. So, you know, that, that we've introduced kids to Broadway through Broadway Jackbox. That's insane. Yeah. That's completely absurd. And then with whodunit, it was just kind of, I think we'd had a couple weeks off of Jackbox and just some downtime. And I don't do well with, downtime and i <laughs> love murder mysteries i've been doing murder mystery parties and hosting them really uh, yeah 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 that's Since what I was, my friends yeah. and i used to do in high school oh my god it's the best i did a couple on zoom in fact uh, uh that was kind of the test run was i did one on zoom for my friends uh we did a oh god what was the theme it, we use nightofmystery.com which i totally recommend if you're looking for a good mystery party nightofmystery.com what was the theme i can't remember for the life of me but we we did the uh, it was like a high school thing. And like a prom. It was an 80s prom. That's what it was. And we um, we we did this thing. And I was like, this works on Zoom. This is almost more interesting on Zoom. Uh, and and so we kind of formulated this Broadway Who Done It thing as an opportunity to pay actors, pay my actor's friend money, pay my actor friends money and, and, you know, do something that cost money. And so we were making money and, and it's been amazing. We're doing another one pretty soon that we're announcing in the next couple of days. That who's in it? Oh wait, you can't. Well, this is going to uh, come out way after. This will come out after. So I'll tell you that yes, it's it. It's I've been wanting to do a theme park one for a long time. Fierce. And um, so my brother Matt had the idea to make it a Michael Park themed theme park. <laughs> and so, this, <laughs> so this one is called Michael Park presents Michael Park's Michael Park. That's oh what this my one is God. called. And uh, I'm very, very, very excited about it. It's actually my favorite one we've done uh, in terms of the story. What I've, what I've sort of crafted so far, which we're still in the early stages, but it's been, it's been really fun. The cast is great. We have like, um, it's me, Alex, and Will, Michael, Ashley Park is making a couple appearances. Love her. She's so fun. Um, uh, uh, Ashley De La Rosa from Mean Girls, Erica Henningsen and Kyle Seelig from Mean Girls, Um, 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 Izzy McCalla, Sis. Um, it's going to be really, really fun. It's going to be a good one. We're two I seconds away from having come. you on. We've been waiting for the perfect one to have you on, and it's co- it's coming. I feel it like when the it energy comes coming. when it's like Barry's bar mitzvah murder. <laughs> I've like, been wanting to do bar We just did a Jewish bar one. Bar mitzvah murder. Bar mitzvah um, murder is a really good idea. I just think that what you do is so fucking incredible. It's Thank like. You. It's like, I don't know. I feel like the entire community feels this way about you. They're like, here's a genius. We must protect him at all costs. <laughs> That's um, very, very, very. We hear he's going to go to some bum school called Harvard. 
and school for bums when he could just stay here. <laughs> um, and yeah, so are you going to Harvard? I am going to Harvard. Um, I am indeed. I'm. I'm. I'm going next year. Uh, we. I just felt right to. I didn't want to do the school no. the online thing and like Not it's at Harvard. It's exactly. And I. I like so much of this experience is like I want the normalcy. I want the experience and like. My my mom who who did pass away in in August of last not last year because now it's twenty twenty one but twenty nineteen while I was in Dear Evan Hansen or was it twenty is that how time yeah twenty nineteen um, yeah. August twenty nineteen um, she was a college admissions counselor and that was this was kind of the big thing that we would always like I wanted to go to a conservatory so badly she was like no you have to have a liberal arts education you have to have this and in the end I I was kind of, I I let her win because. Dear Evan Hansen felt like a conservatory in so many ways. I was doing normal school, but I was like, I'm learning from the best teachers in the world. So now I want to have a more broad uh, education. And so Harvard was beyond, I think, any of our wildest dreams. It's amazing. And I know your mama's so proud. Thank you. Know. you. She, 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 she really would have... Um, she really would have lost her mind at the news, but we, she helped me with all my applications. Thank God. I would have, I don't think I would have gotten in had I not, she was a whiz at the college admissions thing. It was remarkable. Yeah. Well, she raised an incredible, helped raise an incredible, incredible human. Thank you and, very much. Um, oh my gosh, Harvard, when you're there, you are going to have so much fun. Cambridge is the weirdest place in the world. <laughs> It's so like old thing. school England, like, hey, oh, you have a flag to put here. <laughs> and like also filthy hippies that are like, yeah, we're in Cambridge. No. Give us money. Um, <laughs> you're going to have I'm a so great excited. time. I'm so, so excited for it's not going to be normal. There's nothing normal about Harvard, but just to to learn to learn. Like, I'm excited to learn everything about theater. I'm majoring in in. It's a concentration called theater, dance, and media. So I'm learning everything about everything. And I'm wow. just so, so, uh, so excited about it. I'm really, you know, really... I'm going to come up and visit you. And you're going to be like, this is my weird Aunt Josh. <laughs> and um, it's going to be her. my, so the amount of people that have said they're coming to visit me, it's, I cannot wait to have to explain to my roommates, like every individual person that's coming to, to visit. Like there are these two, and I told this to them, there are these two very famous people who who are my friends who I can't say because it's it's a secret kind of still that we're friends but um I love that being friends with famous people hey, I'll tell you after but, the secrets yeah but I was no, like I how it. will I explain like hey the two most like you know who these people are and they're the two most beautiful like women you'll ever meet in your whole life and I need everyone to be cool please like I don't know what that's gonna look like in my I life I really hope that JLo needs to stay in your home. <laughs> Yeah, JLo staying with me at Harvard is. is and you're uh, like, this is my aunt Jenny. Don't be fooled by the rocks <laughs> she got. This is my uncle Lynn. Um, <laughs> that that neither of those are. You did not hit the nail on the head. Oh well, I've been working after, on but... my Lynn Manuel um, uh, impersonation. Do you want to hear it? It's actually really good. Yeah. So this is Lynn Manuel as if he wrote Phantom of the Opera, which okay. was like my dear Evan Hansen when I was a kid. Right. So it's like, yo, Christine Daae, always wanted to be up on the stage, not dressed like a page, wish Carlotta would act a rage. At least Raul is a dear. Wait up. Oh, shit. Oh, damn. Here comes the chandelier. Bump, bump, it's the phantom. Whoa, whoa. Keep your hand at the level of your eyes. It's the phantom. Whoa. 
Anyway. <laughs> That's I've been amazing. working hard on it. And if I, I can ever tell make... it's fantastic. Thanks. If I if I ever make a video of Le Manuel's Phantom, will you be Raul? Yes, I'd be honored. Fucking pinky swear right now. I, I pinky, pinky promises are huge for me, John. All right, now we're blood brothers. <laughs> now we're blood brothers. Now we'll do it's blood brothers. Well, blood brothers, which has been my obsession over quarantine. Yeah. Yes, bootlegs are bad, but there is like the full original British production on YouTube, yeah. and oh it God. is. I gotta incredible. watch that. I it think it's okay to watch bootlegs. I think it's okay to watch bootlegs. It's not okay to take them, and it's really not cool to sell them. That's I my agree. Uh, my thing is, I'm like, is the show closed? Yeah, that's a Go big for thing. It. And I also feel like I, I think something that I so encountered was like people judging my performance based on a shitty bootleg of my waving for my first month in the show. Like, yeah, I just that frustrated me so much. I think that's my biggest that not my biggest thing with bootlegs, but just personally, like my my biggest experience has been just only negative in terms of being on this end of it. You know, the internet is a really hard place. Yeah. And um, I always say that it's interesting how, like, the anti-bully crowd can really turn into online bullies real quick. Yes, yes, very, um, very, very quickly. I've learned never to read the comments. I'm, and I'm still learning that. It takes time. My first big job was Wicked, and it was, like, very mm. new uh, to the world, like, Wicked. And there was this Witches of Oz site, like the ultimate fan site for Wicked. And I got addicted oh. to going to these chat rooms and reading the most horrifying things oh about my myself or about my friends. And it was like, you know what? I can't I can't do this anymore. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm still learning that. Hey, every day is practice. It's my one piece of advice I always give to everyone who's like, coming up in the industry i'm like don't read the comments i'm still figuring that out but like that's my biggest piece of advice and i so like it can't i had to counterweight it so much i think was part of it was that for every negative comment that stuck in my head i, I created like a folder on my phone of just nice things that people said about my performance online and i yeah. would look at it and be like oh, i'm great Urgh! like get really jacked up <laughs> on it and then go out and it was temporary you know it was, it was you all... hear what eponine 1202 said <laughs> I'm fucking great. <laughs> it re I really needed that to 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 counterweight. It was a it was a hard. That was probably one of the hardest parts of doing Dear Evan Hansen was just the the insecurity of of it all and that, that facing that as a person and and still you know reckoning with that. Well, it's a lot to learn, especially yeah. when all of a sudden people feel like they have the right to you know to talk about you like you're mm -hmm. not there or like yes. you're not a person. And, um, you know, uh, but I really admire you and I think that you're nailing it. I and, so admire you. I really, you know, truly just do. Keep doing it. Keep making things. Broadway who done it is maybe as like a true crime nerd and somebody <laughs> who likes games. Like, and you introduced me to Jackbox. I had no idea what the heck Ow! it was when I, when I was on it. And now, like, I think I own, like, every set of it. It's so much oh, fun. Oh, good. I'm so glad. Um, it's amazing, right? It's so, it's, I still don't get tired of it. I'll still play with my friends offline, you know, which Alex, it does not feel similarly. Alex gets very tired of it very quickly. But, but I really, I love it so much. Well, good. Well, we all love you so much. You are just an incredible person. And um, we're going to take a quick break. 
But um, when we get back, we're going to take a fan call from somebody who I know is going to geek out that you're here. Um, So thank you so much, everybody. Stay tuned. Here's a commercial. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Josh Swallows Broadway. Today, we are gulping the incredible, oh, God, that sounds horrible, Andrew <laughs> Barth Feldman. I'm um, that's going to be like gulped. the next, that, well, good, because I was going to say that could be your next Broadway whodunit, is like, who called <laughs> Andrew? Um, but anyway, we have a special, special little visitor coming on. I don't mean like little, um, visitor coming on the show, um, to ask some questions. It's my favorite part of the show. You'll love it. Hey, Alan, who do we have today? We have longtime listener, first time caller, Margaret Gleason, who wants to ask you a little bit something about, uh, directing. So here we go. Margaret, take it away. Hi, Margaret. Hello. Hi, Margaret. Hi! Oh my gosh, this is very exciting. It's very, <laughs> very nice to meet exciting. You. It's so oh, great to you. meet you. You now, as well. I'm very excited. I love your name, Margaret Gleason. It's a really good name. Yeah. Thank you. Isn't it Joanna Gleason from the original Into the Woods? Am I getting that right? Yes. I'm, I'm not related to her, but I will tell anyone who asks that I am. You <laughs> should. That's smart. You absolutely should. A good way yeah. of doing it. Yes, yeah. and she spells it the same way as I do, so that that helps give it credibility. Helps the case. Helps the case in court. I would go to your parents and say, "Show me paperwork. Prove to me that I'm not Joanna's long lost daughter." Yeah, there you go. Know. You never know. Them. I like that. <laughs> um. So tell me about your question, my friend. Yeah. So I'm um I'm a theater student at Georgetown University. Um, currently via Zoom from Oregon, but um, I am interested in pursuing directing. I'm currently in the process of writing a senior thesis application to direct hopefully a musical um, next year. And I just want to know kind of as actors who've worked at, you know, the high, you know, higher echelons of theater, what do you value in a relationship with the director? What kind of can make or break that relationship? Um, And then anything that you just love that like, oh, I love it when directors do this or that. Because uh, I want to make sure that I'm creating the best space and experience for the actors who actually are going to go out and tell a story every night. Um, First of all, I want to give you the biggest hug right now because that you're already going to be an incredible director because yeah. a big part of it is compassion. Yes, yes. Just wondering what actors want to happen is like such a big, like so many directors don't do that. <laughs> Andrew, oh, no. what's your experience been? Like, um, what do well, you think? I, you know, I've only worked with such a small handful of like quote unquote real directors. Although anyone is that directs is a director, but um, you know, my my biggest experience is of course with Michael Greif, who's an absolute genius, um, and he can also be very meticulous, which isn't necessarily my preference, but was certainly entirely helpful. But I think what he did that I so valued was um, that he he wants a very specific thing to happen, but it's not cookie cutter. You know, he wasn't asking me to be Ben Platt. He wasn't asking me to be Taylor. He came in the room and is just so smart that he saw in me what my potential was as this character, as Evan, and, and what, you know, I could bring to the table. And he pushed me further and further in that direction to do that thing. Um, and I think that the best director can look at an actor and say, I know what you're supposed to do here. And I'm not, you know, I, I'm not coming into the room with a certain thing that I want to happen, maybe blocking wise, certainly, or, or whatever. But in terms of the character, we're going to unwrap this together. Um, I think that that's such a 
major part of directing is just talking. I think just talking about it is is my favorite part of of acting. And the little bit of directing that I've done is just getting to talk about um, the character and the story and and unwrapping it and seeing what it means to the actor and where that should be guided. I think that's that's really crucial to the process. I think. Yeah. Well, I, I think agree. I just rambled for no, a you long didn't. time. I don't think anything I said made any sense. It does, and I want to give you a big hug. Um, <laughs> you know, I think uh, there are a lot of directors who subconsciously don't trust their actors. Mm-hmm. I've worked with um, the people that give line readings, like all that kind of stuff, and that create very unsafe environments. But that was also, you know, back in the golden age of theater, you know, where people would get fired on the spot for stuff and people like it was sort of expected to be treated roughly. I think kindness really goes far, yeah. you know, because we have to recognize every department from the ground up has chosen a difficult life. Whether it's going great or not, it is hard and it's hard work. And um, I think directors that really respect that will get the same respect back. Yeah. Um, and, and what you were saying about compassion too, I'll say about, about Michael as well, sometimes just talking about the story, he'd begin to cry in rehearsal. Um, you know, he was so connected to the story and I think he wouldn't have worked on the show if he hadn't had that connection and that, you know, hearing him talk about past shows he'd worked on and, and you look at his catalog, it's all very emotional, very dramatic. It's because he had this emotional through line into all of these stories and he could really connect with them. And so if you can't put yourself in the shoes of the characters, then um, then then you're not really directing. You know, di- directing is playing all of the characters at once. Yeah. yeah. That's something um, that I've always pushed for when I, when I directed in the past is being like, I'm going to do the show I feel connected to. And mm-hmm. we're gonna, I'm going to fight for the script. Like I had to fight for rights for a show I wanted to do last year. And I was like, I'm not doing it if it's not this version. So we got to get the right. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's you have to do, you know, it's about asking what you bring to the table as a director, especially, you know, with, with the, the diversity of stories being told and the lack of diversity in direction, you have to say like, is there, is this a story for me to have the responsibility to be, to be manipulating or telling. And that's such a huge thing that, that I think Michael, I know Michael thinks about every time he walks into a room and I hope more directors continue to, to, to do that. Yeah. Uh, one thing that Diane Paulus does that I love and hate at the same time um, is she, I think it's like the second week of rehearsal, she goes, okay, on Friday, we're going to do character presentations. You have to come up with a five minute presentation you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this in that presentation. And it's so nerve wracking because everybody is going to be watching us. And we're mm. also still trying to find our characters. But it was a great way to jump off the diving board and start to see what that character meant to that individual. You know, Um and it was also probably the days in rehearsals that were the most rewarding and bonded people uh, the most. But um, you're already nailing it. You're already at a great university. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know things are weird right now being, you know, 2020, 2021. But you're nailing it. And so I can't good. wait to see what the world has in store for you. And keep on fighting because that's what it's about if it doesn't mean anything to you it's not worth doing 
Yeah. Thank you. That is that is great motivation to get this senior thesis proposal written. <laughs> You're going to do it great. Um, thank yeah. you. So if, if I could just quickly also say um, to Josh that uh, the prom is a show that's very, very important to me. Um, and I went to see it twice in summer of 2019. And the first time was with my best friend who had never seen a Broadway musical before. And we are both part of the queer community and just sobbed our way through it. And we actually <laughs> had to sit behind Izzy McCalla, who was out that week. And so we had to watch her watch her company. Wow. But it was incredible. And you were on his ferry that night and just blew everyone out of the water. It was amazing. Wow. Um, well, and then through a turn of events, I ended up back in New York a month later because we flights got messed up. And I was with my parents. And I just come out to them uh, that past spring. And I was like, I want to go see a Broadway show. And I was like, the prom's closing. I have to go see this again. And so my parents and I went and watched. We had 18 hours wow. in New York and went and saw the prom again and saw you with Sheldon, um, which is also incredible in your final week. Uh, and it's just a show that's very, it means a lot to me. I teach a prom song in my Zumba class. <laughs> I've made many of my friends dance to it. So it's just, I want to. If you ever want a special guest at your Zumba class, I will dance the shit out of whatever you do. Oh my God. <laughs> I will email you the link to, and you can, you can sign up. Oh, can, hell yeah. That's I'm so bringing beautiful. everyone, baby. Oh my God. <laughs> truly, truly, please do. I will be emailing you the information because that would make, um, all the people who come to my class are all theater people. So we would all die. Oh my God. <laughs> well, I love them. Um, and yeah, I'll totally come to your class. That would be oh so much fun. God. My downstairs neighbor will fucking kill me, but that's okay. Screw him. I pay bills too. Thank you, Margaret. Thank you so, so much, Margaret. Um, And next time you're in New York and things are like normal, normal again. And if I, and if I'm lucky enough to be working at the time that you're there, I would be honored to take you backstage Mm -hmm. to wherever I'm at. And, um, show you what the rest of your what the rest of your life looks like oh thank you that would be wonderful that would mean a lot all right so much love to you so nice meeting you margaret i'm obsessed with margaret i want to be directed by margaret yes i want to make her a blanket even though that would take a lot of strength from me and I don't really make things. Um, I more like buy one on Etsy, but sure. And I'm also obsessed at like your first, you know, I hate to say like, you know, mainstream director was Michael Greif. Yeah. I've only met him once. It was at, it was at a party and I just pretended like I didn't know who he was and we got along famously. He's kind of, he's quite the character. I love him dearly. Um, he, he's just wonderful. He's just lovely. He, he, um, he's, he emailed about Ratatouille recently just to check in. He's emailed a picture of his dog for New Year's. He was just great. He was, he was incredible to, to learn from. I'll never, ever forget that experience. And Ratatouille. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what an incredible thing you guys Who'd made. Who'd a Who'd have thunk? Certainly not me. Did you write your own stuff for that? No, my friend Nathan Fossbinder, who's an incredible composer. You may remember him from that video uh, called Dear Evan Ona, the video where he's like, on the outside, always looking in. (laughs) That's him. Uh, And he's a composer. He's an incredible composer. He wrote that song that I sang, Anyone Can Cook. 
And uh, I just never, I was, I was the first person they asked about it because I had done that TikTok. So I, there was no idea who else would be in it, how much money we would raise, just how huge that over 90 people would be behind the scenes making this happen. It was completely insane. I, and there was how no much, world. what was the total of what you raised? It was $2 million. For the Actors Fund or for Broadway Cares? For the Actors Fund. Oh, my For the Actors God. Fund. $2 million for the Actors Fund. Never, ever, ever, ever did. I can't even, can, like, fathom the number $2 million and what that means. Like, I mean, in times like this where I have so many friends that, of all ages, that are having to leave New York and yeah. try to find a new career, $2 million for the Actors Fund will be life it's, or death to some people. Yes, yes, that's saving so many lives. It's, it's, I, I can't even... It was the silliest, most fun endeavor. And it's weird that to a certain demographic, I'm now the guy from Ratatouille. Like I did, <laughs> I did a car parade for my friend recently and he like his high school friends like pulled him over. They're like, is that, is that the guy from Ratatouille? Like, and I am indeed the guy from Ratatouille now. That's hilarious. That is Do people so try to pick you up being like, hey, I saw you on TikTok and like, these are my lips. <laughs> you say that as though AI, there are people that I interact with on a regular basis and, and that I go out <laughs> and, and be, uh, no, that doesn't happen. Uh, I haven't, I haven't been in the world long enough, I think for, and also I think for so long, like my whole thing was that I was underage, you know what I mean? So like, I, there was no uh, clear path for me really. And I was in a relationship for a lot of Dear Evan Hansen too. So like, it was just a lot of, uh, no, no, there, no, there was no world for that to happen, and I don't think there still is. I'm still waiting. Oh my god! Oh, yeah, well, I'm not underage anymore, so it, theoretically, so you this can... is going to be really hot. I'm going to do it as Wilford Brimley, who I don't think Andrew would know, but Wilford Brimley was the guy who ate Quaker oats to. Beat his oh, no, I know Wilford Brimley. Yeah, I know. Wilford I'm Wilford Brimley, and I have diabetes. All right. Yeah, 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 I'm familiar. Hi, Andrew. My name's Wilford. Hi, Wilford Brimley. Now listen. Okay. No homo or anything, because that's right. I, I don't do that. But no, I mean um, no. Yeah, that's yeah. My wife's been gone because because of, of the COVID for a while, and oh, I've no. got five hundred dollars in my <laughs> oh, pocket. God. Even okay. more in Bitcoin. Hear me out. Oh, oh damn it, I'm... Wilford. You're scaring the boy. No, I've been looking to get into Bitcoin, Wilford. Well, it just so happens I've got a room at the Times Square Hilton and $500 <laughs> plus the Bitcoin with your name. Well, Would you find that the sexy? Bitcoin. The Bitcoin real man. Listen, I'm going to keep this. I'm going to keep this in my in my wallet now for now on. <laughs> Whenever the, I see you from now on, Bitcoin. I'm going to try to pick you up with Bitcoin. With Bitcoin. Yeah, go for I'll it. I'll even buy you a drink and be like, do you guys accept Bitcoin? <laughs> do you accept Bitcoin? That's a real turn on for me. If, yeah, if, that's if really hot somebody to can me pay too. for my drink that I still also can't do that yet, I can't drink. But if somebody were to pay for my drink with Bitcoin, absolutely. Yeah. Well, look at Uncle Wilford right here. Diabetes <laughs> all the way. Um Andrew, I love you. I hope that love your next so Who Done It is Who Killed Wilford Brimley. Oh, really? and um, thank you so much for taking the time to come on the show. Everybody that I know 
is just obsessed with you in the healthiest way. Like, you know, Chrissy Ann, one of my first big jobs was with her and she's like a big sister to me. And I mean, the words that she has about you being so kind and sweet. I mean, you're just universally loved. Thank you for what you do. Thank you for the art that you make. Thank you for making that art and keep inspiring all of us, please. Thank you so much, Josh, and thank you so much for having me. I love the podcast so much. I I, I can't wait to hear this. Um, and and I'm I'm I'll anytime I'm here. I just love it so much, and I love you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks. I love you too. All right, little batches. I'm just kidding. You're not batches. I hope that you guys have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. I'm wishing you all love, joy, happiness, success, growth, and laughter in these crazy times. Thank you, Andrew, for being here. And we will see you next time on Josh Swallows Broadway. Bye. Josh Swallows Broadway is produced by Alan Seals, Dory Berenstein, and myself, Josh Lehman, with associate producer Elizabeth Wheelis. And special thanks to our Patreon producers, David Rimmer and Josh Harris. You can join them. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash Josh Swallows Broadway. Leave a rating. Leave a review. I read them. This is how I continue living. Help me live. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for keeping Broadway alive and swallow you soon. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.